They could have just said it was said by Uncle Ben. They could have just said it. Your Uncle Ben once told me. Like, well, Uncle Ben still died. He probably still gave Peter that speech. TNMP, the Nerdy Misfit Podcast. With your host, with your host, with your host. Connor O'Neill and Matthew Hughes. What did you think, Matthew? I thought that was great. I am the shocked right now. I did not know we had that. We have that now. I have to ask how you created that. I'm a genius. Okay. That's all you need to know. I accept it. Well, um, hello, everyone. As the voice told us, it's <laughs> Matt and Connor. Um, Connor, how, how's it going? There's another Friday that we're recording, but, you know, how, how are you doing? How was your week? Uh, the week was pretty chill. We're going into Labor Day weekend, so it's a long weekend. Um, yeah, it was chill. Pretty chill week at, at work. Can't complain. But um, you know, excited for the weekend. Excited to relax. You have a three-day weekend ahead of you. Yep. Nice. Yes, sir. I unfortunately do not. I'm working all the days at both jobs. Most days, it seems. Fun. One of the jobs is fun. It's okay. You'll come over Monday. We'll have a good time. Exactly. Anyways, Matt has decided that he will take over the podcast topic. Yes. For this today. This is something I've been uh, some news came out recently about this topic from a, a large company and I was very thrown off by this. So I figured, you know what, this this could be the episode we talk about it, you know? So uh yeah, so today's episode is trading card game themed. Ah, okay. trading card games. So to start off, I want to talk about the big news of the big company that randomly came out like three, four days ago. It was like, Yeah, we're making card game and it's going to be an easily competitor for pokemon and magic the gathering the power rangers no it's disney oh. disney came out with a card game that's coming out with a card game early 2023 called lorcana lorcana it's l-o-r-c-a-n-a okay and apparently if i understand it correctly you're you as your player is going to be like a sorcerer and you're going to be summoning disney characters disney heroes villains princesses onto your field to first other yeah okay um and this is a physical tcg yeah physical tcg i believe it's done by a company called ravenbergs ravenbergers and the only reason i'm on board for it because i have a lot of board games done by that company and i know their quality is decent they're the ones that do the disney villainous right so you're you're confident that they're going to put a lot of thought into. yeah i it's a bold statement to say that it's going to be a competitor against the two most successful card games but, I mean, it has potential. I feel like a lot of people will at least try it out. I feel like the the first important part is to have the fan base in general. Because once there's going to be people who probably have never played a card game, like a TCG-style card game, who love Disney and are going to give it a try. Exactly. Right? So, like, I mean, like, it the makes whole sense. Point of, whole point of Yu-Gi-Oh! They ended up selling the cards, right? Like, And they just kept it going to sell the cards. Like, obviously, originally it's a manga, but the manga didn't actually... Yeah, the manga became an anime. He the was, anime became he was bigger. The, he was the master of games. Exactly. It's much different than <laughs> what it... The, the anime basically was just selling the cards. Yes. essentially what it was. 100%. And then Pokemon, already extremely Pokemon just popular, sells itself, really, right? like, at this yeah, point. So. I mean, a new Pokemon came out a couple days ago, uh, like a foreshadowing a new game. It's like a painting monkey. Yeah. Um, then, then you look at... Magic and Magic is just kind of like the OG. Do you, have you ever played Magic? Are you a fan of Magic at all? 
Um, I played I've played Magic. Um, I don't own any Magic cards, but I've played it a few times to try and learn it. Um, I'd say I think like once you kind of pick a game, you kind of stuck in it. Like yeah. So I, of the big three, like Pokemon, Magic, or Yu Gi Oh, because I feel like that's fair to say that those are the top three. Yeah. Physical um, trading card games. I'd like to clarify physical. Yeah, I don't know how popular Card Fight Vanguard is, but. It's it might be up there. I've seen sure. a couple decks at a couple different stores, and but not enough to be like, oh, yes, that game that everyone else is talking about. Yeah, I would about. say you're, you're probably right. Um, it's probably Magic, Pokemon, and then Yu-Gi-Oh. In that particular order, probably, too. Do you think Magic is more successful than Pokemon, or do you think Pokemon is I think Magic one? is probably more successful than Pokemon. I feel like Pokemon cards are more collectible, but Magic the Gathering is more played. There's some insanely priced Magic cards. Is there? Oh, yeah, insane. But um, they follow a similar style. Like ma- you can really tell that Pokemon took a lot of its inspiration from Magic. Like the way the games played. Okay. It's almost more of like a simpler Magic, really. Um, fields are kind of similar to just the way the energy system works. But um. Then Yu-Gi-Oh is just on a whole other level. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh is just a chaotic mess. But that's what I grew up playing. Yeah. Collected Pokemon cards played Yu-Gi-Oh. Impressive. But um, there's also all the online ones, which I wouldn't... It's hard to compare the two. Yeah, which ones have you played? I've played Hearthstone when it first came out. Played I played Hearthstone a lot of that. I played Legend of Runeterra a little bit. Yeah, I've played Legend of Runeterra. I played most of Legend of Runeterra when it uh, was in its beta and a little bit at the beginning. Okay. I haven't played it too much since. And I've dabbled in Pokemon. I think Pokemon handles it the best because it doesn't um force you to only buy online like if you buy physical pokemon cards you get that same pack in the online quotation yeah but doesn't necessarily mean the same cards but that same style pack exactly if you buy that structure deck you're getting that structure deck online i think that that's a really cool concept to kind of bridge the gap it encourages people to also try online right exactly and i think that that's really smart and i've played one or two games of mtg online arena i have not actually played magic i've played I played the physical magic a couple times um, against one of my friends, but I've never played it online. I didn't even know there was an online component to it, to be honest. Yeah, I forget when it came out, but it was definitely a big deal when it did because it took so long for them to have an online version where you can play competitively and they can have a ladder. And mm-hmm. I think it was really good for the magic scene, but I, I just think that that kind of pushed it even more. Like, you know, people talk about Hearthstone and stuff. They're like, oh, yeah, this is. You know, it's hard to compare because there's no... But I think Magic is the most popular in general. That's fair. On, I bo- know on both sides now. Yeah, that's fair. I know with Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh never really... Yu-Gi-Oh is not popular for the online aspect of it. They but just I, came out with their... Is it officially out or is it still in beta? No, it's been out for a couple months. Oh, I didn't know. Their whole online game. But the problem okay. is it's very, very pay-to-win. That's unfortunate. Yeah, because there is the um, um, Legacy of the Duelist video game. That I think is on all consoles and PC right now. Like that's a too grindy. Too grindy. Yeah, I um, I to get the deck I wanted in that game, I looked up a method to get decks fat. Like, cause it's so the way they handled it was really weird. They did it so you had to buy your packs by you play the game, you get whatever currency, Points, yeah. and then you buy the packs. But in Yu-Gi-Oh, you can only run three max of a card. Whether I, I I there was no f- ban list in this mm-hmm. like uh, in the in the game, so at max you can run three, but there's no selling system, so you could get doubles of the cards and it doesn't matter. 
Yeah. How about when you get three, just you can't get that card anymore? Makes sense. So that annoyed me, but I looked up a strategy, which was basically like, you grind it out to get all um, the Exodia packs, like and make a basically make an Exodia deck, and you just grind out mad amount of games using the Exodia deck because the Exodia deck you'll just instantly win against the, these dumb computer boys. Yeah. And then you can build the deck you want, but that was t- way too much work. That's fair. Did you enjoy like the f- the concept of the game, like playing through the anime it w- story? It was funny facing because i did get like a half built mermail deck which if you play you know you know what that is it's one of my favorite archetypes mm-hmm. um but i did get a half built one and it was funny taking something that's like xyz synchro based deck and facing like you know sacrifice just rituals and sacrificing yeah like against yugi and joey who don't have any special cards like fusion something's like the best thing you can do and they even the fusions suck yeah so that was funny. They didn't okay. stand a chance. I mean, personally, when I played through it, I enjoyed going through like some of the more supporting characters through the original anime, like going against like Rex, the dinosaur, like his dinosaur deck. Uh, I'm trying to think of the insect uh, character. He had the insect deck. Uh, Weevil or Weevil, something like that. Weevil, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah, Weevil. Yeah. Uh, but that was just it was just amusing to me because I remember how annoying those characters were in the anime and I was like, ha ha, that's yeah, it. I You're remember done. The, I forget what the name of the worm is, but I had a great moth and a perfectly ultimate great moth, I think it was called. Sounds very classic Yu-Gi-Oh just ultimate. Perfectly version. ultimate great moth. I think Yu-Gi-Oh has some of the best rarities. Yeah, I can agree with thing. that for sure. Um Pokemon has too many rarities. I think some of them are cool, but I think that they've reached a point where there's too many different styles where you kind of like lose track of what is what almost when there's that many mm-hmm. styles of rarities. But Disney, eh? Poke- Pokemon, Disney. I feel like you're, oh, it's all, like you really are competing for a younger base, right? Like maybe are they trying to get more, maybe like females to get into card games? Yeah. Like, Cause I will say like Yu-Gi-Oh and like Pokemon's kind of good at being just Pokemon neutral. Yeah, but Yu-Gi-Oh feels more male centric for the most part. I would say. Do you think with the Disney card game? Do you think that's gonna get people that are dedicated, like that older group of TCG players that grew up on Disney to give it a try? Like, do you think Disney coming out with a card game is a smart idea because of how much nostalgic? Well, they have so much money, so it's not like it really does anything for them. Yeah, they'll see what sales are like on their first set first set and i'm sure there'll be a couple structured decks or whatnot and i'm we'll see how they do i'm sure there'll be people running tournaments yeah that's the key is how how many card shops run tournaments or comic book shops whoever in your local area is running them Mm -hmm. and how many people show up and how often because if not enough people are showing up and not often enough they're gonna stop it's gonna die down and unless they have an online version to go with it that's how that's how the card game dies quick. That's fair. Speaking of card games that are dead, I suppose did you outside of the core three, did you play any other physical card games at all? Physical? Um no. None? I mean I like looked at them. I remember looking at stuff like card card fight vanguard. Um I think Dragon Ball also has a card game. Yeah, nowadays Dragon Ball has one. Digimon started be having one as well not that long ago either. Apparently that's decently popular. Like, if you go to a couple of the local card stores, they have an entire section dedicated to rare Digimon cards. 
the thing is i don't even like learning relearning how to play Yu-Gi-Oh, which for the most part i at least have some concept of how to play but mm-hmm. it's learning also a new getting card out game. of the way but yeah learning a whole new card game that's fair i very much just enjoy like casually playing pokemon every now and then um playing Yu-Gi-Oh online when uh when i want if i like need that itch that's fair but that's but also nostalgia based like i love like i watched Yu-Gi-Oh. it was one of my favorite cartoons back in the day when you didn't know what anime was as a kid it was just a cartoon uh, one of my favorite cartoons to watch, and like, yeah, love the cards. Always been collecting them. Okay, I think. Uh, see, I, there was a couple of card games I played. I played a couple times. Um, with the one, but the one I found a lot at like local like Dollaramas. They had giant packs of World of Warcraft trading cards, which I never physically played the game. They were just really cool to collect. Right. Even though I never played WoW or anything, I just thought it was cool, like fantasy characters and medieval style characters. I mean, that is magic, though. Yeah, that is basically that is magic. <laughs> yeah. And then another one that lasted not really long was Skylanders had one oh, okay. called, uh, I think it was called Battlecast. Um, and you had cards and you could actually, same thing, it was an app you could download and there was codes that you could put into the app to get characters and stuff that was so similar to how Pokemon did it, just not as not large, Pokemon. not Pokemon because it was Skylanders. Um, but I think personally, those are the only other two that I really played. I know like when I was younger, I would go and like, I would be at walmart when i was younger and there'd be like random card packs for things i had no idea like that was my first exposure to one piece but i didn't know it was one piece okay yeah i mean that's the yeah, same for me and my brother like there was there was random card packs i had like zatch bell had a card game and one piece <laughs> had zatch a card bell, game yeah. like random other animes had random card games. four kids animes had yeah. Them, yeah i wonder if that was just i don't know if that was japan promoted style cards or if that was like the west creating the cards for the trying to get yeah more views kind of thing like that that i'm not too sure about i think you mentioned a couple weeks ago that one piece was also releasing a card yeah yeah uh in pre-release for north america for that is actually the end of september for the first few decks to get the one piece if you're not into disney there's one piece exactly connor are you gonna be dabbling into that one piece card game at all are you just gonna wait for me to get it we should do like a battle like I'm, not, I'm not, s- not play the card game, but like we'll each get a pack and we like make a crew. Okay. And we decide who wins. Honestly, I'm I'm down for that. I need to see when it officially, because I don't know like if pre-release will be available just in the U.S. or if it's going to be a Canadian wide thing. Fair. Um, I can Canada check problems. After. Canada problems, honestly though. But yeah, One Piece and Disney, the two new upcoming. I'm sure card there's games. other ones too, but Disney is interesting. Yeah. I'm can I'm intrigued to see. If it's just a quick buck they're trying to make, and if and the key is like, does the card game stay right? Are they gonna create rules, a band list, or are they gonna do something like Magic and Pokemon where they have sets where you have to switch out to a new set? Are they gonna have competitive tournaments run by Disney or by the makers who make it, yeah, or Ravenbringer. is it just gonna be regular tournaments run by people who just want to play the game? Because whenever you have the backing of the company that's making the game that always helps the tournaments right better prizes and whatnot exactly and i know the company that's doing the card game does have a really good relationship with disney because of disney all the disney make their money literally though well ravenburgers does the villainous board game which right now it's a core game and five or six expansions then there's the marvel one which has the core game and one expansion and now they're coming out with the second expansion and then the star wars villainous just came out those are all Disney properties. And then Ravenburger also has um, a couple other, like, Disney. There's a game called Disney Sidekicks where 
you play as one of the sidekicks from five different Disney movies, and you have to try and save the main character. So one of them is like you play as a boo. One of them is the three fairy godparent okay, godmothers. Yeah. Godmothers. Timon and Pumbaa. Love those guys. I think one of them is uh, Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast. I'm trying to remember the other one, but they all have like little figures, and the board is huge. Like Ravenberger does put good quality into their board games, so I'm intrigued to see how they're gonna do with this game. Fair enough. Okay. Well, you know, it has your. So we can do a similar thing. We can maybe try if they have structured decks. The thing is, structured decks always make it easy to try, right? Exactly. That's so why I kind of want to try the Digimon. Like, I never grew up on Digimon, but the concept of Digimon always intrigued me. I had a Digivice. Did you have it? Nice. Yep. Me and my brothers had Digivices. Second, the second gen Digivices. Okay, okay. Those things were awesome. They are like a cool Tamagotchi. Were they like the little rectangle ones? So there was uh, the original Digivice, I think... I want to say was an octagon. Okay. And it was like a tiny little octagon. And then the second gen was more of like this oval shape. Like a Tamagotchi? Yeah. Well, much bigger. Like, much bigger? Okay. Yeah, like, well, we'll show you, but it's like maybe like that big. Okay. Tiny screen. Tiny screen. So like, like two Tamagotchi in one almost, like that size. Similar screen size, though, to oh, a Tamagotchi. Oh, dear. And then, uh, unlike Tamagotchi... You had to physically like press them together, so like the Tamagotchi had like a pla- like a male plastic pole and a female plastic pole, mm-hmm. and then vice like the, on the other side, and then you, and then had two metal like connectings, and okay. you just shoved them together if you wanted to like battle and do stuff. Dang. They were also supposed to go on your waist, and you would just. The classic step counter Walk, to yeah. digi-evolve and stuff. So, basically, a lot of kids shook them. <laughs> I bet everyone listening, you can use your imagination as to what that looked like in the fields of elementary schools. <laughs> kids going real ham on them. <laughs> oh, no. But, uh, yeah. They were still cool. They were cool. That's fair. There's a, another card game I wanted to do, almost like an honorable mention. It's called Keyforge. Um, I'm not too familiar with it, but it is. it falls under like a gray area of... Um, well, there's a whole bunch of card building games. That's like a new thing. Not a new thing, but a more like it's yeah. a lot more popular nowadays, which is just a style of kind of like a board game, so right? With, yeah, but Keyforge still falls in that category of... of a TCG? A, yeah, yeah, but okay. it's, a, it's classified as a unique deck game because you can buy a structure deck, mm-hmm. but it's every deck is different interesting like it doesn't fall it's not like pokemon where like you're betting the sungalio deck or the Lunala yeah where deck. it's like a setup this is yeah you have this many of this card this many of this card but like i i so, so it's I like a big pack it. almost yeah and it only has like five sets so far i think but i've heard like decent things about it and it's enough that there's actually novelizations of this world like for actual books and stuff like there's an anthology book and I, like as far as i know like it um Actually, uh, based on this factor, I've read Keyforge won both the Fan and Academy selected Best Collectible Card Game Awards at the 2019 Origins Award. Interesting. Do I know what award ceremony that is? I do not. Oh, it's like the big, like, yeah, Game of the Year, Best Board Game of the Year. So it's a legitimate thing. But, yeah, so I'd be down to definitely try it. I've seen it a couple times at one of the comic book stores I go to. Yeah. 
Too many card games, Matt. Yeah. I'm down to try the One Piece, but not as well. May I mean depends on what yeah. they have. If they have structure decks, then sure. But I think it'd be funny to get a pack or two and then face each other's crews and we could even talk about on the podcast what we pulled. That'd be actually and, really and good. And do a little versus like whose crew would win. Well, I think with the One Piece TGZ, there is going to be structure decks, and I'm gonna pull up the names of the structure decks in moment. Because it is going to be um the straw hat structure deck. The white beard structure deck. Oh no, okay. Actually I have them right here. So you have the straw hat crew. Wow. Makes I'm sense, good. makes sense. Uh worst generation. That sounds like a sick deck. Okay. The seven warlords of the sea. Which version? Uh white beards on the uh, crocodiles on the front. So probably the original seven. Yeah, pre time skip. Yeah. And then we have the Animal Kingdom Pirates. So Kaido's. Kaido. Those and are the original structure. Those are the structure decks. Those are the four. Okay. And then it looks like we're getting a booster pack called Romance Dawn. Okay. Okay. And then Just we the have first name of the first chapter. Or yeah. Don't know, okay. And then it looks like we're going to get a fifth starter deck called the One Piece Film. So it's going to be a starter. Oh, based on Film Red? Yeah. Okay. So okay. we don't know what. Well, it would have Shanks. Yeah. So but it already sounds good to me. Exactly. Have you seen what any of the cards look like or anything like that? Haven't seen any art, no. I am would not also... I would actually not be surprised if Oda drew a lot of the art himself. Because he's just involved with every... Like, when it's One Piece related, he's involved with so much. Like, it's actually insane how much he works. It would not surprise me at all if... Okay, I won't say every card, but, like, the big cards or, like, the big rarities or face cards for mm-hmm. structure decks, if he drew them. Would not surprise me. I'm going to pull up, but... For okay. you thing, I'm showing Connor, Connor cool. yeah, Law, Zorro, Zorro yeah. and Sabo. Sabo. And the artwork looks it looks clean. I'm curious to like how they'll do the rarity, how big the like cards the will be. Like the power scale even, like Well, and what how big the cards will be? Like are they magic style? Like are they fat boys? Are they Yu-Gi-Oh where they're on the smaller side? They look like to be common card size. And what do we have here? I see we have a Marco. Marco the Phoenix. Wow, that's clean art. That is nice actually. Yamato. Yeah, Yamato. Kid. A white beard. Young white, white beard. Young white beard. Shanks. Shanks. Ace. And Ace. It looks like the artwork looks nice, but it also looks like we're going to get like a fact. I'm assuming oh, those are the rare. Super rare, ultra rare. Yeah, what do we got here? So super rare. These are all super rares or ultra rare, it looks like. Hard to tell what the foiling will be based on these pictures, but mm-hmm. the art style looks good. And that's uh, that's honestly a big part of the of a appeal for a card game i do enjoy in the bottom it also tells you like human slash pirate so i'm hoping that's cool yeah like so you know what race man well, you know pirate. a race you know what, yeah what their occupation is i feel like it's definitely going to be very informational for people that are like well unsure for a while one piece well i don't know if they're still doing that but they did um card packs in japan called beaver cards okay beaver cards being the pieces of paper to follow to so you know where someone is mm-hmm. um but they did them as information cards. That's so instead cool. of doing booklets that you would buy, you would have to buy sets of cards and get like the information on the cards. Okay. It's like gotcha version of getting more information about One Piece. <laughs> I like it. So I've I've just looked at w- this. So this would be like the Monkey D. Luffy card. Right. Oh, so, so it says Straw Hat. So that's probably the deck. Straw Hat crew and Captain. So f- got four thousand and yeah. then so i will yeah i mean 
I'm curious. Cute, I'm there's definitely important things. Art, art is important. It definitely passes the art check on the yep. base on the cards so far. But obviously, the most important is gameplay style. Is it too confusing? Because I think one of the problems with like something like Yu-Gi-Oh is it's way too complex to explain to someone who's never played mm-hmm. before. Uh, and and to learn it is it's just it always and they always introduce more complexity. Whereas like Pokemon, for the most part, is very similar. Even when they introduce new style of cards, it's kind of just an extra kinda, evolution, really. Well, well and it's kind of like um almost like the Pokemon games, where it's kind of more they're just introducing a new gimmick. Yeah. To replace the old gimmick. Which Pokemon both in the card game and the game itself does do that. Every generation there's something new and something different. They've done it in card games where there was the EX, then there was the GX. Well, that's what I mean, right? Like it's just a new gimmick. And for the most part in the card game it just follows the same logic. Mm-hmm. Right? Like okay, this is like more of a stronger version of a card and if you lose it, they get two like two prize cards instead of one. Exactly. Looking at like what the regular cards look like, it looks pretty clean like artwork yeah no it definitely passes the artwork check it'll definitely have to look into the rules if the rules are too bad we won't play an actual game but i'm down to do the who can pack a better crew sounds like a fun little it would just be super fun we We can do that as a special on the podcast we'll do a special and then we'll we'll upload the visuals up onto youtube and tiktok absolutely sorry now i'm just like matt's just gone down a rabbit hole of looking at all of the well, I know for cards. a fact not all the cards are still going to be here, but they still look... Anyways, going back to the topic at hand of Pichizi's... Uh, wow, I cannot speak. Trading card games. I'll just say it that way. Matt's um, not drinking. I have no comment. <laughs> I am currently drinking, yes. Um, did you ever watch any of the animes, excluding like Pokemon Yu Yu, the ones that were more card-themed, so Card Captor, Sakura, or what yep. about the kids' show Chaotic? Yep, I remember watching Chaotic. I don't think I ever watched Chaotic. It followed, remember when we talked in the nostalgia episode mm-hmm. about how like SpongeBob was a show I would like watch if nothing else was on. That was Chaotic. That was Chaotic for you, Yeah, right? I'd be like, oh, okay, whatever, I'll give it a go while you know, nothing else is on. Um, Cardcaptor Sakura, not really a card game, but I did watch Cardcaptor Sakura. Mm-hmm. That's definitely one of the best shoujos out there. What about uh, that new one that's out right now, Vingard? Is that what it's called? Vingard. Is that what it's called? Cardfight Vanguard? Yeah, that one. Yeah. No, I haven't watched any card fight. Um there's um Bakuman Battle Brawlers. Bakugan? Baku Bakugan. Bakugan ba- Battle Brawlers. Bakuman? Bakugan. 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 Are those the rolling things? Yeah. Bakugan yeah. is the Death Note writer who did the right. series about <laughs> manga writing. You're right. Bakuman. Bakuman. Is the yeah, it was like it was a card game because you would like throw out your traps or magic or whatever yeah. cards, and you would chuck. They would chuck their little rolling the rolling monster monster balls that and open, the magnetic, and they would have like a specialty card under it that yeah. would activate. Did whatever. you ever play that? Huh, my brother had them, <laughs> but that game was impossible. There's no way you like there was actually any real skill involved in that game because the magnets sucked. Yep. Cool little, cool concept. Cool little toys though, like mm. that uh, popped open on. They magnetic were like surfaces. Weird ball Magnet transformers. Sucked. It would they could have made that game so much better because they had the gimmick of the cool little transforming. Is it still getting made now? Like, yes, is it? I think so. It still is, eh? It, at least in Japan, I think it is. But the thing they could have done is they could have had it instead of you having to RNG it and chuck it and hope it lands on your card. Just have it so that you place your card and you place it on the card you want. Mm. And then just sell it like that. Just make the game like that because then you're, you're not just selling cards, 
which you can sell in packs, and you can charge more because the cards are metal. Yeah, they're hard. They're metal. Yeah. They're metal cards, so you can charge more for that, and then you can charge for the for the, the things, the little monster things. Like, man, they probably did make so much money off of them, but I mean, like, you could have made so much more money off of them. I'm very curious if they still make them. I'm definitely going to check that out in the next couple well, days. Well, I remember I watched the first series. Okay. The original series of that, and it... um. It was okay, but then it got ridiculous when there was like another season of it, because then it like they started adding stuff to the monsters, like, like the main dragon guy ended up getting like, a f- it was like very turning into like Digimon esque, where like he was getting like a rocket launcher on top of him or a jetpack or something, so and you're just like, what's happening? Was it like extra things on top? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were turning more into like transformer robotty things. Okay. But actually, this this can segue into something else because this goes down like toys and collectibles. Did you ever play Beat'em-On? Wait, wait, wait. Beat'em-On. Wait, wait. Is that the one where there were, like, little robots and there was marbles in the middle? Yeah. There yeah. were really... Yeah, there were... Ro- well, there weren't robots, but yeah. Mechs, they were, like... Yeah, like, little suits? mechy little dudes yeah. that, that had the marbles in them. I know of it. I remember a weird memory of going to the dollar store and seeing them there. Those were cool toys. Those were very unique. They Maybe. hurt, though, if you got shot with one of them. Depends on which one, though, because they all... Like, the thing that made them so interesting and... in, in, in intricate Mm -hmm. was that some of them all had different things like some of them focused on accuracy so they would have like a barrel on the front of the beat-em-on some had like the instead of having to reload one marble at a time they had like a little like cartridge that would hold like six marbles yeah and then some had like a stabilizer on the back so it was easier to press it some had stronger springs so it was it shot harder and then like this reminds me a lot of beyblade where it was like you could take parts of different Beyblades or parts of different beat-em-on, put them all together to make like a Frankenstein, but a broken hmm. version of it. I did not know that, actually. I never got into Beyblade either, personally. I don't know about you, but... Oh, yeah, I had a many, many of like Beyblades. Many. Many and of many. the OG plastic. Because the ones now are like, they're still plastic, but they're like nicer quality mm-hmm. than the ones back in the day were. But, yeah, me and brothers had a lots of Beyblades. Okay, okay. Even participated in some Beyblade tournaments, which is apparently a real thing. Like, we did Beyblade tournaments with, like, friends. Which is, like, yeah. you know, friends in the neighborhood. Or at, like, camp. But there's, like, official Beyblade tournaments, which seems like the most RNG thing ever. I'm not going to lie. That's messed up. Not, like, messed up, but, like, the like fact that like that's a thing. There's, like, a Beyblade thing. World Championship. That's crazy. Like, um, no, all respect, if you love Beyblade... Do it up, and I just feel, the like, power the, to you, I but feel like, like the game has a little bit too much chance involved. I'm sure there is a skill involved to how you let it rip, but it still feels like if you just get unlucky with like a, I guess like at the end of the day you can say that for card games too if you get the bad drop, but you know we can, can get into the complexity of how large is your deck and. Do you have the proper deck digging cards and yeah. search cards? That goes blah, into blah, a whole blah. other a, conversation of properly deck of building. But anyways, collectibles. So beat em on. That was cool. Beyblades, also cool. Um, Legos? I didn't have Legos. I had connects. The connects, like the like poles and... Kind like, of? I, I had connects, and then I also had like the marble had and the balls. We also had Bionicles. Bionicles? I had a few. Connects was the ones that you got like to make like intricate yeah, like yeah we had connects as well connects were super fun they're cool because they can do like more than Lego did well they now Lego bend. does some pretty crazy L- Lego things. does insane and but I back wish in I had the day money. connects were capable of doing a lot more engineering 
you know, like they could do more intricate things. You you couldn't put a motor in Lego back in the day. Now you can. Yeah. But back in the day, you had motors in Connects that was able to make a Ferris wheel in it. it would no Mega Blocks. No, no. What about Mega Construct? No, we had. Uh, I think it's Mega Blocks, but we had me and my brothers had like the Dragon series of um. Is that Playmobil? I don't know who did who made them. They were like I think one of the sets was called Dragons Fire and Ice. Okay. That might be Playmobil. And uh one of them had a ship. Okay. Let me look them up quick. I wanna say they were Mega Blocks. They may have been the only cool thing that I think Mega Blocks ever made. Yep. Was it Mega Blocks? It was Mega Blocks. Dang, okay. But um, they like came in like the dragons would come in, like actual eggs and stuff. Oh, and the egg had like a silicone um part to it where like you could like kind of push it. It was cool. Okay, okay. Like to make the membrane of the yeah of the egg. Those were cool. Um, that's that's also because I, I'm assuming my brothers also did, but I I only speak for myself. But I've always loved dragons. I think dragons are like. Dragons are pretty intense. Sounds pretty cliche, but <laughs> I dragons though. Dragons are awesome. Fire breathing dragons, ice breathing dragons, all of the above d- dragons. Dragons just breathing dragons. True. But, did um, you ever get into? Uh, I guess going back to the card game aspect. Did you ever? Were you ever a fan of deck building card games? Nope. Nope. Never. Never played any deck building games. Uh, would you ever? Is that really just not your cup of tea? No, I would. Um, my brother's really into deck building games, card and like board games like you. So, I think it's just about about getting like the right people and also having a easy enough style. I think the thing that a lot of deck building games suffer from is no one wants to learn to play a game for three hours and not actually play the game. You know, I think it needs to be complex enough that there's fun for the old, like the more veteran players, but easy enough to learn for people newer. You know, like maybe you play a couple rounds, like half an hour, and then you're already kind of getting the idea. Mm-hmm. And then you can play real games for those remaining two and a half hours. There's actually a, I can't, I can kind of speak for myself because I've wanted to get this board game for a while, like a deck building board game. But from the reviews, a lot of people do say that opinion about a card game called Marvel's Champions, where it takes like a good like half an hour to set up and then it takes an hour and a half to understand the rules to be able to play. And by the time you try to, people are like, I'm over it. Like, let's play a different game. Well, I'm sh- And the thing is, I'm sure a lot of those games, especially with how cool some of the cards can be in characters, right? Like, yeah. I'm sure they're fun after you've learned. It's just the time invested to learn them. That's, I think that that's the biggest issue with them. I will have to bring a couple. I have, um, I have a DC deck building game. That's pretty straightforward. Um, and then I'm hoping to buy one called, um, Heroescape, I think is what it's called. That one has a ton of expansions, but it is a pretty simplistic deck building game. Well, if it is Heroescape, there was the Heroescape that originally was like a board game where you create your own board and it was like a war. And it's not Heroescape. And it had a bunch of minis. Don't think it's Heroescape then. Because that was also a cool game, but those games took forever to play because you would have like you would never want to have a small army. You want to have yeah. a cool big army. And then if you had the bigger your army, the longer the game would last. Yeah, and can't confirm. The field. It's not Heroescape, but it's... What is it called? My friend... Well, Tim. 
the D and D guru from previous episodes. Him Our and I have RPG played and D and D lad. Exactly. Him and I have played this deck building. I cannot remember what it's called because it's not called Heroescape. Um, we've played a few versions, like a few games of it. I really enjoy it, and it's pretty simplistic. Like it's traditional deck building where it's like you start off with ten cards, and you have like four of those cards can attack, three of those are coins, and one of them is an extra coin. And you usually like, like with deck building games, it's the core base of deck building games is you have those ten cards, you pull five, and you hope to buy one of the cards that are in that are in quotations yeah, for sale. Yeah. To and then before that, then you can start attacking the other player. Or for the more complex ones, you can start attacking the big villain. Right. And once you defeat the villain, he comes into your deck. And then you continue on until the big baddie is fully defeated by the end of it. Um, that's how the DC one is. And then I'll have to figure out which other card game I'm talking about for this one. But it's super cheap, and I'm hoping to get it soon. Because it is from what I've played with Tim, it's really enjoyable. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, but yeah, um, I guess we'll just end this off with a couple questions. This is actually fans. a perfect segue, believe it or not. Oh um, my gosh. I so planned it. Totally. Totally planned it. Um, this first question comes from our friend Hayden, our... What's up, Hayden? Fellow One Piece enthusiast my fan. fellow One Piece friend. Um, his, the question that I got from him is, uh, what's your favorite board game? Oh, I'm so... I don't see the problem for me is I don't play many board games. Well, like right. So my favorite board game. Do you count chess? I like chess. I think chess is a pretty that fun counts game. as a board game. But if you're talking like playing with a group of people, family, probably Clue. Nice. Okay. I think Clue's pretty fun. Funny story. One of my friends actually enjoys making his own board games. Okay. And he basically made a. It was basically Clue, but he took out pretty much all a majority of the RNG elements. So, you didn't roll a die. You could just go to another room. So, like, you could just be like, I'm going to the to the bedroom. I'm going to the kitchen, etc. Okay. And the, the reason for this, well, you could only go to, I think there was rules where you can only go, like, you know, to certain rooms from certain rooms, whatever. But the main thing was, is that he, uh, he wanted to take out, because Clue has weird things where, like, if you stand in a doorway, you can't, someone else can't yeah. hop over you. So he took out that, took out the dice roll because the dice rolls RNG, right? Like, you have no control what you're actually going to mm-hmm. roll. So it was m- primarily focused on just the paying attention of the clues and figuring it out. Okay. So I think Clue is pretty good, um, involves a good amount of strategy. You know, you have to pay attention, take risks, okay, calculated okay. risks. Um, Another one that I enjoy playing is uh, my brother. Oh, he brings it over a lot. It's um, I forget what it's called. It's something wolf, and it's played on the phone. Like you use the phone, your okay. f- the phone app to kind of like tell you, carry you through the story, and it's just it's basically like if you've ever played Among Us, it's basically Among Us where you're trying to find out who the imposter is, but instead you're trying to find out who the werewolf is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um. Only the werewolves know who the werewolves are because it, the game starts with, like, everyone close their eyes, werewolves open your eyes. So then the werewolves know who each other are. And then they'll be, like, every card is a different role. So it'll be, like, the whatever, open your eyes. And yeah. then each card has their own effect that they can do. They can, like, switch cards and they can maybe look at a card, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And then it's just chaos after that because then it's all about figuring out who the werewolves are. And if you 
kill another person, you lose. Okay. And the werewolves win, right? So you have to take out the werewolves. Okay. I'm definitely intrigued. That sounds actually pretty interesting. It's a pretty fun game. And it's so easy, right? Like, you can just get it like a group of five, six people, put Mm -hmm. the phone in the middle, handle the cards. The card tells you what you can do. Like, you know what you're going to do. You just listen to what your card is. You open your eyes and do whatever you want to do. Okay. Put it down. Then you either decide if you're lying or not. Dang. Because sometimes uh, you're not a werewolf and you're you're lying and then you make yourself look suspicious, which isn't good. Yeah, it's a no-win situation. I think um, for me, it's hard to pick a favorite board game because I do play a lot of board games. But the one board game, like my top three for sure would be a Gloomhaven, which is an RPG in the box. I've talked about in our previous episode. Same with Unstable Unicorns, just a fun game of collecting unicorns to win however many unicorns you need in your stable, depending on many players and stuff. And then another game I wanted to talk about is Mysterium, which I think knowing that you are a big fan of Clue, I think you'd really enjoy this game. Uh, You need at least three players because you need two players and then you need your storyteller. Mm -hmm. But basically the storyteller is a ghost and the players are trying to figure out who killed him. And basically you have seven rounds to figure it out. Um, the, The board is split into like three or four parts. First part is the killer. The second part is the room. And the third part is the weapon. Very similar to Clue. But the, th- the thing that makes it different is there's not an actual, you don't have to move your piece anywhere. You just have to guess every round based on clues that the story the storyteller can give you. But what he does is give you like these, these fancy art cards. Like there's just beautiful art on all these individual cards and he can't speak. Interesting. So he has to give you like at least one card every turn and you have to interpret why he gave you that card and why it matches a character that you have to figure out. I see. And I everyone see. has their own story. So everyone is the detective and they have their own story of like, okay, they're in the impression that based on the card they gave, it's got to be the chef. And then after you figure out who it is, then you move to the second round and the storyteller will tell you yes or no. Okay. okay. So then you have to deduct, okay, so that person was right. So it can't be that character, but I was wrong. So it can't be that character. So I have these four other characters. One of them, four have to be. Right. And the artwork for this game is just beautiful. Love to see it. Love to see it. I'll show you some pictures afterwards. Um, but those are definitely the top three. And I definitely think you would like Mysterium. Then if you're a fan of Clue, like anyone who's listening, if you're a fan of Clue, definitely check out the board game Mysterium. Um, but moving on to, you want to do one more question or two more questions? Well, we can see how long each one takes. That's fair. Uh, moving on, we have our friend William from France. William from France. Uh, hello, William. Bonjour. Thank you for listening. Sacre bleu. No, it's not an actual French phrase. <laughs> Fun fact. Learned that the other day. Um, Je ne sais quoi. His question is, who is the best Spider-Man actor as Peter Parker and as Spider-Man or just overall? He's a big Spider-Man fan. Well, I definitely fall in the line of, I think, Andrew Garfield's the best Spider-Man. Okay. And I think the best Peter Parker, mm, it's tougher. I think I think Tom Holland is a good Peter Parker for today's age. Okay, go on. I'm curious where this is going. Well, I just mean, like, nerds are kind of cool now. Like, they're not super picked on. Like, you know, they have, like, there's people that pick on him, but he's not, you know, like a total loner or, like, It's not the cliche of what Tobey Maguire had. Like, he wasn't physically bullied. Yeah, Tobey Maguire was almost too much, and he almost, didn't he look too old for a high school? To be fair, after the first movie, he was in college. Fair. That's fair. But... I think Tobey Maguire probably pulls it off better just the overall look of Peter Parker more. Mm-hmm. He's got the glasses. No one else ever really seems to have cla- like they do, but not to like the extent you think of Peter yeah. Parker. So I'd say Toby's the best 
Peter. Mm-hmm. And I think Andrew Garfield's the best Spider-Man. And that comes to some of it comes to the writing. I think he had a really good body type for it too. Very, he's like lankier. Yeah. But he just, you can just tell he was having so much fun being Spider-Man. And obviously he was a little bit more witty and like comebacky, which is kind of what Spider-Man's thing is. Yeah. You know, he, he's always joking or mocking the people he's beating up. Okay. So I like, I liked that for the Amazing Spider-Man. That's probably the only thing I liked about any of the Amazing Spider-Man. You didn't like the movies? No, not really. Okay, interesting. Of the Amazing Spider-Man? Yeah. Yeah, no. Okay. Not, not the biggest The second one was not good. I enjoyed the first one a lot. second one was awful. First one was decent. Yeah. But it's like, I'm still, I still, I would almost pick any of the other Spider-Man films over it. Even Spider-Man 3? Yes, exactly. That's a bold, uh, bold statement. I love me my Venom. That's fair. You know, I can't argue with that. I'm a big symbiote fan. I love me Venom, but um, I do have a similar opinion though. I think Toby no Maguire. No offense to Tom Holland. Tom Holland yeah. is fantastic, and I think overall, this is why it's funny. I like Toby as Peter. I like Andrew as Spider Man, but I like Tom Holland the best, and that's probably just due to writing. In all honesty, that's exactly how I feel. Though I think like Toby Maguire played a really good Peter Parker. He had that very nerd part down, but the Spider Man just didn't hit. It didn't hit. I also didn't like the route of going without the web shooters. Like I didn't. Like I just found like he didn't really have like from the Peter Parker aspect. I guess he just didn't have good chemistry with the love interest. Yeah, that's fair too. But then you go with Andrew or even, Garfield, or even like Harry. Yeah, there was no w- for that Spider-Man trilogy. There was no on-screen chemistry with any of the characters. Really, any of the important characters. Even Aunt May. Like I feel like there wasn't a J. chemistry. Jonah Jameson was the best. Yes. Okay. That is the thing that the spy- the original Spider Man trilogy has is J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. Best thing ever. If it's you almost ever like seen they took him out of the comic book. Literally, though, the voice, the cigar, just his presence on screen, like any scene with him, it was great. And with him yelling and angry, it's yeah. it was perfect. Absolutely perfect. Fun fact if you haven't seen it, for you or any listeners, um, there's a deleted scene from Spider Man 2. And it's during the part where Spider Man gives up the costume and J. Jonah Jameson has his costume in the in his office and stuff, there's a deleted scene with J.K. Simmons in the Spider-Man suit jumping around his office. Have you seen this? No. It is an amazing scene. Um, any listeners out there, definitely check it out. Just J.K. Simmons in Spider-Man suit. And it is, it just makes that movie Top even tier. better. Top tier. But moving on with Andrew Garfield, he played a great Spider-Man. I think the sassiness and the intelligence of the it suit too. Looked good. And that was the first time we got to see the science aspect of yeah, web making. Re- and they went more into like, Peter being super intelligent. Yes. I owe, I'm, I feel like in the movies, and this goes to Tom Holland's Spider-Man as well, is they really don't reflect how intelligent Peter really is as a person. I do think they touched upon that more in the Tom Holland movies. They do, but the... But they also uh, pushed it Tony on the Stark rug with like too, Tony Stark. Yeah, Tony yeah. Stark was way too much of a crutch for him. I do agree. That was, that was my biggest issue. Like... I would have preferred he obviously did come up with the system so that he didn't get lost with his eyes for his suit. And then he obviously has his own webbing. But like it was only like throwaway lines. Yeah. He's like, Oh, I made that. And but then his first suit is like this completely mechanized iron it's a Spider Man Iron Man suit. I'm yeah. not gonna say Iron Spire because it wasn't the Iron Spire, but it was a it was a very Tony, similar it was a Tony Stark suit for Spider Man. I mean I do enjoy in Far From Home. Where he's in... The and he sh- makes his own in the ship. Yeah. I did enjoy that. And I enjoyed like the subtle nod to Tony Stark, Iron Man, during that scene. And that Tom Holland... Like, uh, Peter... Tom Holland's Peter is smart enough to be like, hey, I know... How this what works. What I want and what I need. Exactly. 
So I do appreciate that. And then, um, but I do think that's something they could have hit more. It was the more to show in how intelligent Peter actually was. I'll be interested to see how they handle him now that all of his friends don't know who he is and who anyone knows who he is, what he's doing. And if they really hammer in, like if he's in school for whatever, yeah. and if they really plow in that he's doing amazing. Cause yeah, he's part of like yeah, this. Amazing Spider-Man. Like, he's part of like uh Reach Club or whatever you call it. <laughs> Reach. Oh my gosh. Whatever wow. people call it. Like, you know, like debate team. Was that what it was? I believe that's what it was. I could have sworn it was a Reach team. Here's a question. Reach for here, you. by the way, if you're a listener from somewhere that isn't Ontario or I don't know where how far it goes, is just like quiz, like Jeopardy, right? Like Jeopardy style, but not Jeopardy, but a quiz. But it was definitely quiz team style, yeah. yeah. Um question for you though, with the, the whole Peter Parker Spider Man. Who had better on-screen chemistry, Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone, or Zendaya and Tom Holland? Because mm. this is a hard question for me personally, because I don't know. I, it's Th- hard because I think Tom Holland and Zendaya have better chemistry now. Yes, but they're a couple movies in. They, I don't. You didn't get the same amount of movies. Exactly for for Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield, they had the movie. Well, two movies. Well, two movies. But I do think their chemistry was very strong. I think they were good. And I also think that Emma Stone was a good casting for... Gwen Stacy was great. She looked great. Shout out to the production designers for that film, too. I think just the costume for Spider-Man then and, like, overall just the costumes and, like, the set design stuff. MJ, though, weird. Weird in terms of, like, they didn't want her to be Mary Jane. Angsty. Like, so, like... Oh, we don't want to have him be in love with Mary Jane Watson, and it's like, why not? Yeah, but why not? We're talking about Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah, that that's his love interest. You why know? not just go with like some other random love interest that Peter has? Because he does have more mm-hmm. than just those two. I do have to say, for Felicia Hardy, bring in Felicia Hardy oh my and gosh, have Black, Black Cat. Cat. I hope I hope she comes in the next film. To be honest, because it makes sense. Because he can't go back to MJ like Gwen State. Gwen State. I know Gwen Stacy's not in the movies or anything, but Black Cat would People be the next. People love Catwoman. Black Cat's just Black Cat. exactly. Um, I do have to say about the Tom Holland movies is his on-screen chemistry with like the best friend character was by far the best because we didn't have Harry Osborn in the first That's Amazing fair. Spider-Man and the actor it's for that so good. Okay, don't know his name. Neither I, do I. I'm sorry, but he but is. The actor that played Ned. Fantastic. Ned the three is of them great. together are great. Beautiful chemistry. I think that's something that Tom Holland played a great Spider-Man, played a great Peter Parker, modernized version. But I think the thing that puts those movies ahead of the other ones is the on-screen chemistry, even with the Flash Thompson character. Even though they barely were in scenes together, the chemistry between them still was phenomenal. Even yeah. with the subtle teachers, like there was no chemistry for the Tom Holland movies that I was like, eh. even him and Jake Gyllenhaal, him yeah. being the villain and everything being Mysterio, like still had great chemistry. Him and the Vulture with Michael Keaton, like yeah, I think that's also just good casting. Like we're talking about EMCU level casting, yeah, right? Like, I do agree. Have they really missed? Yeah, exactly. You have to think that hard. They probably. Haven't. I mean, they replaced Edward Norton, so no. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They haven't. They've done a great job. It's it's one of the things that they've done. But they've absolutely. only recasted what twice. And but the thing is, like for the most part, if it's a major character, they've killed it. Yep. Even if it's something you don't agree on initially, the younger Aunt May. Yep. Right, like stuff like that. Like where you're kind of like on the fence. She was great. And her chemistry with both Tom 
and with Robert, Happy. with Robert Downey Jr. is great. Yep. Like you love it. Love to see it. Well, even the whole like the subtle the subplot of Happy Hogan having a love interest with Aunt May, like having that love chemistry. Random. But random, but it worked for the style they were going yeah, for. Yeah, like, no, I liked it. And even just bringing with the newest film, bringing all those villains and stuff. Like I don't know if I liked the um, Uncle Finn's speech for from Aunt May. You Aunt weren't a fan of that. Man. It had to be said at some point. They could have just said it was said by Uncle Ben. They could have just said it. Your Uncle Ben once told me. Like, well, Uncle Ben still died. He probably still gave Peter that speech. Did right? he though? I guess he maybe, maybe he didn't. That's maybe, what I think. I'd maybe MC Uncle Ben. Maybe he just left. That's the thing. We really maybe don't he know. Didn't die. He just left. Left the family. He was like, I'm out. On the top of your head, did they talk about Uncle Ben's death in the MCU at all? I'd have to rewatch. I th- I want to say they uh, that Peter has mentioned he lost his Uncle Ben. He lost or lo- not even Uncle Ben. Maybe he just said I lost my uncle. Or well, like obviously his Aunt parents. May, like but my like, Aunt May is alone. Like yeah, my uncle, my Aunt May, and my Uncle Ben took me in, and I lost my uncle. I don't know. Maybe I'd have to. That's something that. I'd have to look into myself as well. Yeah. Um. They definitely want to pretend he doesn't exist. That's for sure. The MCU's like, we're not doing origin stories. No and you origins. Know you know whose origin story we're definitely not doing? Spider Man's. <laughs> It's already. I mean, to be fair, I do respect him in that decision because. Well, everyone knows how Spider-Man. Everyone knows Spider-Man origin. Everyone, everyone knows. Everyone. Everyone. Don't even have to be a comic fan. You still know that Peter Parker was bit by a spider. And now he's Spider-Man. Exactly. Easy peasy. Egg, Zach Demundo. One more question. Sure. All right. This comes from our, well, not necessarily your friend, my friend, uh, Roberto. Roberto. He's he's slammed me with a few random questions. I'll wait to hold off on a couple of them, but the question he asked today was, uh, in your opinion, what is the most underrated Pokemon? Most underrated Pokemon. Wow. Well, let me just go through the, like, a thousand Pokemon that exist right now in my brain and try and figure that out. Underrated. What do you consider underrated, though? Underrated is in... Just in your personal opinion. Isn't cute. Underrated it is people diss because he's not strong enough. Underrated because... XXO, XO, underrated, legendary. Just tough. in there's, general. There's too many. Too there many is, to there is a lot. One. I do agree. So let, let's cut it down then. We'll, we'll cut it down. Is um, the most underrated Pokemon from Gen 1. Underrated Pokemon from Gen 1. Son of a bitch. What would be the most underrated Pokemon in the Gen 1? Obviously, it's Caterpie. He can learn String Shot. Yeah. There you go. Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay. Most underrated. Well, obviously, it's not any of the legendary. <coughs> Gyarados, definitely not underrated. Um, I can tell you what the most forgotten Pokemon of Gen 1 is. But most underrated is a very different... Uh, Zidudo? No. He might be one of the most underrated. Probably has strong attack. Probably, but he's, most the fir- he's probably the most forgotten. I mean, Ash caught like 30 of them in an episode and that was it. And no one talked about Tauros ever again. Yeah, I know my answer. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. All right. So the most underrated Pokemon is obviously Kakuna 
and Metapod because they can learn Harden. That's rock hard, baby. Um, I would say this is a weird answer, but I'm gonna say starting Bulbasaur. So like going into Venusaur as a whole, but everyone goes Charmander or Squirtle. Don't even look at me and say that it, people don't go. No, you're not wrong. That's I'm more just like it's more of an aha moment going in my head right now, where I'm like, that that seems like it would be a bold statement, but it's not because you're not wrong. Like, I mean, speaking for myself, I pretty much always go with Charmander. Charmander or Squirtle. And if I'm feeling crazy, and I mean crazy, I'll go Squirtle. But uh, Bulbasaur into v Venusaur is not a bad Pokemon. No, it's not. But well, I'm. My, uh, most just, of the, is the number one to three is the most underrated. I would have to agree to that. Even just thinking about all of Gen 1, and I'm going to up it a little bit, just any grass type from Gen 1. Because even like um, Vileplume, that's a good mm -hmm. Pokemon. Pokemon? Uh, Victory Bell, another solid Pokemon. Yeah, like, I was thinking about it, and like so, the problem is so many of them are like, no one's going to say Gyarados. No one's going to say any of the Legendaries. No one's going to say any of the Evolutions or Eevee. Or yeah. the Ancient Pokemon. Like, everyone knows those Yeah, five. no one's going to say the Fossils. No one's going to say um, Polyrath. No one's going to say the bird, the original bird, you know? Um, no one's going to say Pikachu, meow. Arcanine, Ninetales. No one's going to say that. Alakazam's oh. totally cracked. Gengar's sick. So, yeah. Tangula, even. Like, it's, it's literally any grass type from Gen 1 is an underrated like, Pokemon. If I was to say, like, what's the lamest, like... Maybe like Doug Doug Trio and Diglett are kinda lame. Duh. Um Paris. Parasect, they're kinda lame. I mean in the game They're lame, but they're but they're not underrated because they're not good either. No, exactly. So, like so I would say I would go with the original the original three grass boys. I would have to agree with that. <laughs> That's been my hot take, boys and girls. I don't even think that's a hot take. I think that's an honest opinion. I, I looking at we pulled up a picture of the original 151, and I do have to agree with that. That common is is it is Bulbasaur to the Venusaur, including Ivysaur, of course, is the underrated Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Like all three of them individually as a whole. Like, but as a whole, I think Grass type from the first gen is underrated. Like no one's like Victory Belt. I mean, uh, Jesse had one in the original anime, I believe. Just kept getting eaten by it. Yep, yep, yep. Right? Yep, he sure did. Scyther, another strong... Is that just bug, or is that a bug flying? Is that a bug grass? I think in the OG, it's just bug. Okay. But he's cool. Execute, Executor, Tangula, even. Yeah, it's it's tough, but I mean, like, it is what it is. But anyways, guys, we're approaching an hour. Hope and you guys uh, enjoyed this episode. I will so basically TCGs. TCGs, Pokemon. A little bit of collectibles, a little bit of card game other than TCG. Um, but yeah, don't forget to check us out on all the major podcast platforms. Drop a review if you're listening on Apple Podcast. And yeah, I've been Connor. And I'm Matt. TNMP. The Nerdy Misfit Podcast. Don't forget to join the island by dropping a follow. Thank you. Thank and you. see you next week.